When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, Geekscapists? Welcome to a brand new Geekscape podcast. I'm Jonathan London, your host. And if this is your first Geekscape, well, we talk movies, video games, comic books, TV, really all that pop culture stuff, whatever you want. You know what? This is your show. It's been your show for 15 years. Whatever you want. Just what do you want me to talk about? You want me to talk about um, uh, Bitcoin and the, 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 the coin stocks and the dip that just happened? You want me to talk about cars? You want me to talk about, uh, I, I mean, I can't say that I'm going to talk about it well, but I can pretty much talk about anything. I'll just be making most of it up. Um, but really, if you're here, you probably want the pop culture stuff. So that's what we do here on Geekscape. If this is your first Geekscape, uh, we're going to talk Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead that came out on Netflix over the weekend. Also, Hulu's MODOK, which is a Marvel show, but it's kind of not a Marvel show the way that you think about Marvel shows. Uh, we'll explain that. And when you think about this we that we're talking about, I'm actually thinking about my good friend Keith Trailens, who's been on Geekscape before. He used to be one of the head honchos of the LA Comic Con. I hung out with some LA Comic Con peeps a few weeks ago, if you may remember that. I uh, hosted like a little mini con with them remotely, digitally, oh, over the computer. But everything's opening up right now. So we're kind of in this hybrid stage of doing some in-person stuff doing some digital online streaming. I don't know what that means for Geekscape. So you guys like this live show. Maybe it's because I created a brand for a bunch of antisocials. We then went and added like 14 podcasts that uh, you can download and enjoy without having to talk to another human being or look them in the eye ever. So we're just feeling this antisocial fire. And then we had that year that we didn't really have to go outside of our houses. And well, it was kind of maybe our best selves uh, while the world was burning. But now that the embers are starting to cool and some of the fires are getting like put out. If you follow the metaphor and we're venturing out of our homes and starting to see people again. Well, what does that mean for us? Who knows? I'd like to do some live geekscapes. We want to do some conventions. We want all that stuff to happen. But for now we are sitting here 
in our homes doing a little bit of geekscape and you're watching from wherever uh we got big yanks in the house he uh he says you know what thank god not matt kelly you know what you make fun of matt kelly and i like making fun of matt kelly but matt kelly is a saint and he's fantastic and chris Fafalia says heck yeah talk about doge maybe he's hoping that one man's conversation about doge will cause the doge to go back up um remember when you signed up for a decentralized uh you know financial system and then one person tweeted about it and it tanked that's very very centralized that is incredibly centralized i hate to tell you uh, that's not how decentralization works when one person tweets about it and it tanks sorry um but yeah i know doge is going right back up bro and then you buy the dip when it dips again and we'll just see how long and maybe it won't taper out and maybe it'll go to the moon who knows but it's very very centralized <laughs> let's not fool ourselves there uh all right enough of this solo one man versus the comments let's bring in keith keith is no uh stranger to geekscape what's up brother how are you doing Good. I, I feel so invigorated with that uh, Blink One Eighty Two opening. How did you get uh, Hoppus to record that for you? That that is that is Steve Sabosley and folks from Punchline, and uh, they're great. And uh, they did. That's been our theme song since the beginning. I, I, yeah. yeah, yeah, since the beginning, since the early aughts when Blink One Eighty Two mattered. <laughs> since uh, two thousand five six when we launched this thing and i I was like you know what this will don't worry guys we'll have this theme song only for the next couple months and then like most podcasts we won't do it anymore that was 15 years ago oops see what you've done yeah yeah how are you man i am doing as good as you can do in the post-apocalyptic uh america you're on the show because you hit me up like over the weekend and you say dude are you talking about army of dead uh, of the dead on geekscape and i said well it just so happens that we are because army of the dead was the big movie that came out this weekend on netflix uh, and i'd like to just call it Zack snyder's army of the dead because um the, you definitely definitely cannot confuse this movie with being made by anybody else army of the dead is most definitely a um a Zack Snyder movie. And uh, we actually had your good friend Cooper Barnes and his wife Liz over with some two friends of ours. That's what happens when you get vaccinated. You can start having vaccinated people over. And um, and Cooper and his wife Liz came over and watched Army of Dead of the Dead with us. And uh, it was we had to turn on the closed captioning to keep from really pissing off our other guests because you could not hear the dialogue over all the wisecracking that was going down during the army of the dead. Um, where do you want to start with this thing? Because I think the basic plot is it's nice. It's like, an, uh, you know, it's, it's that contained zombie movie where the, the zombie virus breaks out in this case, it breaks out in um, Las Vegas. And I actually like the opening credit sequence because it tells you in a kind of fun, entertaining and hilarious way that, you know, the military is transporting some kind of a virus or a, a zombie Something goes bad, the the transport flips, the containment breaches, and the zombie gets out and starts infecting, you know, officer or the army men. The army men go into Vegas and now everybody in Vegas turns into a zombie. And then you have kind of the establishment of your core team of badasses, Dave Batista being the main one. And, uh, and I guess at this point in the narrative, you flash forward and they have contained Vegas 
in as a closed city. Nobody goes in or out. The U.S. is thinking about is is, kind of, is going to nuke the, the Las Vegas to destroy the zombie plague in a few days. And Dave Patista and his team of badass mercs who helped contain Vegas and get people out of there in the first place get an offer they can't refuse from Scorpion from Mortal Kombat, or at least the actor who played Scorpion in Mortal Kombat. He comes in and says, there is $200 million in a safe beneath Las Vegas that I want you to go in and get out in the next 36 hours, four days, whatever the deadline is before the new kids Vegas. And you can keep $50 million of it if you can get this $200 million out. And that's kind of a fun premise. It's like uh, Ocean's Eleven, but... You have to break into Vegas and out of Vegas, and it's covered in zombies, in a sense. Is that, did I kind of get the gist of the brilliant plot of this movie? Yeah, uh, I'm testing. Is, is my audio... You, you sound way better. You sound way yeah. better, Keith. Excellent. Yeah. That was, that was uh, the Geek Squad, Geek Squadscape, Matthew Kelly. Yeah. yeah. Can, can, can you make sure that it's over on Zencaster to the same setting? To, yeah, yeah, it sure. should, it should be, yes. Cool, cool. All uh, right. I, I think that was uh, completely accurate. Um I like the part where uh, Ripley saves Newt, and uh, <laughs> then they go, uh, they launch it because that's the only way. And mm-hmm. um, but although I, I, I missed the uh, what about Paul Reiser's Paul, Paul Reiser's character was there, and and we had uh, what's, what was her name Chavez the, in, in Aliens uh, Vasquez. Uh, Vasquez yeah Chavez was was no Chavez was was Young Guns. Uh, Vasquez was aliens, and uh, yeah, I think the criticism you're hinting at is that this is very much a semi bloated version of aliens plot wise. In many ways, he is using aliens as a blueprint for this movie, right down to the corporate guy has a secret and he doesn't really care about the money at all, he just wants to sneak out a sample of a zombie. and there's all sorts of plot holes that get presented with that one because unlike being in deep space like they were in Aliens, um, they get to the other they get to a zombie very quickly in this movie, and I don't know what's so special about having to get this specific zombie re- other than her being like a queen. Like there's some kind of societal hierarchy that's starting to establish itself inside of Vegas in the time that these zombies have been locked in there. There's a there there's like a a tiered system. <laughs> to the zombies there's like a king and queen and there's screechers there's a zombie tiger i mean honestly there's like a baby there's yeah a baby. yeah there's a baby which you know we saw a bit of a zombie baby in zack snyder's dawn of the dead that i know james gunn wrote and it was like a little bit of that going on but this one there's just I, it seems like they had some yeah. heavy zombie loving and created that, <laughs> that wasn't, I like, she wasn't pregnant before I think. No, no. The, the the zombie got there was there was definitely some kind of zombie. Yeah, the zombie love making happened in Vegas, and there was a little baby in there. Um, I mean, we're just gonna be throwing out the spoilers here, but I will tell you, like, if if you're thinking about seeing this movie, I, I say see it, and and I don't even think it's it's a movie that I necessarily liked, but uh, I think that it, with any Zack Snyder movie, you know, with Justice League, Zack Snyder edition, this and that, like. I have to watch Zack Snyder's movie I, movies. I like Zack Snyder. I think I, I think that he's incredible as a, as a stylish director. I think his designs are incredible. His visuals are amazing. I like Zack Snyder as a person. I think that everything I've heard about Zack Snyder is that he's a stellar human being. 
I'd like to give him a hug. I'd like to be friends with Zack Snyder. Um, do we agree on the levels of excessiveness on a stylistic or story point? No, no, I think, I think I'd be like, so Zach, some of that stuff is pretty excessive, but you, you have to also remember you bought tickets and signed up for a two and a half hour movie called army of the dead. So if you don't want some excessiveness, maybe don't watch army of the dead. I, I love Zack Snyder uh, too. At times, Three Hundred is one of my favorite movies. I, yeah, Three Hundred, I adore it. I watch it every time it comes on. I think it's very inspiring. Um, I love Watchmen. Uh, yes, I, I do too. Preferred, I would have preferred the other ending, the original ending, but I think he did very well with that material. Oh, Keith, we disagree. I, I actually think that this ending is. I actually prefer making it personal to an attack on John in the Zack Snyder version than random teleported squid from a fake squid from a, from a pseudo dimension uh, attack on Manhattan was as well. I think that what he did, I think that the rewriting in the movie was really good. And I think that, that ultimately I think that the HBO Watchmen series, and this may be very, maybe this may be very, very, very touchy with the geeks. I think that's my favorite Watchmen. It was so awesome. Uh, I absolutely love the HBO Watchmen. It's awesome. It is. It is awesome, and it works on so many levels, and it says so many things. And it's. It is exactly you, you know the fact that that uh, Alan Moore like disowned it is like exactly why uh, David Lindelof is spot on because he did what Alan Moore would have done, and mm. you know he made it about race and he made it about all these American issues that we're totally wrestling with right now, um, uh, and and it was. It was pitch perfect. I hate that there's not going to be more. Uh, there were no but flaws. In also, it. how would you continue that? It was such a great bow on the yeah, end. It's, yeah, you kind of have to leave it there. But maybe. Like, maybe. We'll Ar- see. As, as good as that was, let's bring it back to Army of the Dead. As much as I love Zack Snyder, and I think he did great with Watchmen, like this is where Zack Snyder drives me crazy. <laughs> it's times like these where I feel like Zack Snyder wants to be, he wants to be James Cameron. But sure. he's not a writer. And yeah. I, I don't know who I was rooting for in this movie. Dave Batista, who you have up, he, uh, A, I thought Dave Batista was great. Uh, yeah. I thought that he, he really captured the character, but he can't, he wasn't the protagonist. He didn't, he didn't change. He didn't grow. He was just as likable at the beginning as he was at the end. I don't want to spoil it. Um, but I, I, I don't know where it was going. There was, there was no pathos in this. There, like, I don't know what the, the point of that two and a half hour movie is two and a half hours of movie watching was other than he had a really bratty, bratty daughter who basically got everyone killed. Yeah. So here's the moral of the story. Um, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Geekscapus um, spoiler. But if your job is to go and get $200 million out of Vegas during a zombie apocalypse, don't do it. Don't do it. You're just going to get everybody killed, including yourself. Yeah. Don't, don't do it. This is a zombie movie. And zombie movies don't end well. Um, I did, I did, I did enjoy it. But I, again, like the company that I had enjoying it with, like we, it was a little MST3K. It was, it was very, we, it was very com- comedy heavy, and we had a lot of fun watching this movie amongst friends. If I was watching this by myself, like as I did the Snyder Cut, I think that I would just be too in my own head to to be able to cut loose and enjoy it and. Maybe that's the secret to Zack Snyder's movies. He makes parties instead of actual like 
like you said, like these aren't disciplined narratives. These are excessive narratives. And there's a, there's a sequence where you, I mean, I, I feel like the choice, the hard choices weren't made to cut some of the narratives that didn't go anywhere. And they, they, you know, things like the zombie baby is like, okay, but to what end things like, uh, there's a sequence where they're about to crack the, the big safe in question. And they see, they realize that this rich businessman had actually hired other teams to try and fail to, to get the money out. And they see these, these corpses laying around. And one of them goes into like a five minute conversation about, well, maybe we're actually already dead, but we're in a circular existential loop. It just replaying the past. And I was like, well, that's not this movie, man. Let's just see somebody get eaten by the zombie tiger. This is not that movie. I don't need the existentialism. And to your point about Dave Bautista's character arc, this could have been Snake Plissken, where he learns a little bit of empathy and to get beyond himself and starts as a selfish person. But he's not a selfish person at the, at the beginning of the movie. He's a good person who is just damaged. And all the damage gets a little bit repaired. He gets more damaged by the end of the movie. He loses more in in performing this movie. And I don't know if what... if the ending justifies everything that is lost with this character. Um, So it does kind of follow a straight line from A to B. And in many, many of the narratives in this movie start from, you go from kind of an A to B. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, it's very flat. And there's no, there's not a lot of intelligence to this. Like you touched on it, that opening sequence, the opening sequence is great. It's fun, Um, right? The whole story and it gets, and it gets dark quick. (laughs) But uh, you know, the premise of this was it should have been Ocean's 11 with zombies. But it wasn't. It was. Uh, it was Predator. It was or aliens. Yeah, and except it was Predator. Except uh, you know, well, I don't want to spoil it. Um, but it's it's it, it, if they had fucked up Predator. Oh, can I say that on Geekscape? Yeah, you can say it. Okay. Yep. If they had if they had if they had messed it up, I'll be I'll be nice. If they had messed up uh, Predator, they would have ended up with this. It, it, it just didn't make any sense. As, or as any of the Predator sequels. Well, I won't go there. <laughs> but the, um, you know, the, the whole sort of the premise of the of the sabotage is that they're there to get this queen, and the first person they run into is the queen. Yeah. Why didn't they just snatch her and go? And the guy say, "Hey, like, like, hey, look, forget that fifty million. This is going to be worth. Uh, this is going to be worth half a billion to you. Let's go." Yeah, and, and they they literally. I mean, there are refugees on the outskirts of this walled-in city. I don't understand why they weren't evacuated. I mean, next to the zombie. They are literally living on the outskirts of like this walled zombie city. They could move them to Prim. They, they could absolutely have moved them to Prim. They could have them on Zizix Road. Yeah, <laughs> now you're just naming all the things on this 15 that you pass on the way to Vegas, yeah. but the truth is you could you if somebody was like, "Hey, Listen, I know that you're some poor dude who's now displaced. You lived in Vegas, but you got overrun by zombies. You watched your family get killed, and you're on your last legs, but you could be a refugee here. You would look at the freeway out of Vegas, and you'd be like, yeah, I think I'm going to walk. I think I'm right. just going to walk. I'm out of here. I'm not living against the, the tanker truck that's <laughs> keeping me. That's just keeping me from being eaten alive. <laughs> this is a zombie-filled uh, city, and there's there's – you know they they play a little bit with the zombie fiction, but they don't do it in a way that I think adds to it. And it, you know there the there's a sequence where zo- the they want to have a cool underground sequence. First off, there was no reason for them to go underground. 
because you then see them approach another city, uh, another part of the city above ground. So there's a sequence where they're suddenly underground, just that they can have a cool sequence where they're underground, where some of the zombies are hibernating. Oh, cool. Zombies hibernate. Okay, cool. We'll light them on fire while they're hibernating. That's what I would have done. And there's one where the desert heat dries them out, and when it, and they only come alive when it rains. And when it rains, all the zombies come up, which kind of explains why this place isn't just teeming like with World War Z Jerusalem zombies, like the sequence in World War Z where they're able to climb over the walls because they're just climbing over each other to, to get out. Um, so there's a bunch of desiccated, dried up zombies. And when they're walking amongst these things, and you're just like, okay, well, you know, if any of them get wet, they can wake up. Or like the sequence underground, if any of them have a bright light, they can wake up. There's these rules that have to happen for all these different types of zombies. Um, just light them all on fire, especially if they're all dried up. Just I, why would Vegas even be there anymore? It not even that you had to nuke it. Just go in and light it all on fire. It's closed in. It should have just been ashes. And there is a there's a tag at the end of the movie that will show you exactly how easy it would have been to make it ashes and that there is some survivability after the ashes for a human. So the frog brothers got it right. They know when you stumble across the sleeping undead, you just can't. kill them. You just kill them. Kill them. You don't sneak past them. You don't try and limbo past a zombie arm. You just kill the thing and move on. And this is what drives me crazy about movies like this is that it doesn't, it doesn't take a lot to think this stuff through. But then you don't have a sequence. Sense. Yeah. The problem you is yeah. sequence. If you I think know. it through, other ways to do it and i and this is why i say like Zack snyder like i just think Zack snyder needs to be hooked up with the best writers and then shoot the crap out of amazing mm-hmm. written stories that he hasn't touched and yes he needs a studio to say no no you don't get two and a half hours you get 155 yeah. and make it fit in there cut the extraneous stuff because uh, it's 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 it becomes unbearable did you see today that netflix was getting all these complaints from people who haven't even watched it because they went to watch it and they saw that it was two and a half hours and they were like, what the hell? And people were mad. I actually saw that it was two and a half hours. And I was like, Oh, tight. It's called army of the dead. It's two and a half hours. <laughs> like, okay. I, I don't like long movies. No. It makes sense. I just don't want extraneous stuff. Uh, I could watch it, it, yeah. all the time. as bad as she was. She was mesmerizingly bad and good at all. all at once. Yeah. Like there's little things that, that I really enjoy. I think Zack Snyder does really well. He's he does really great fan service. I love his Easter eggs. I love his references. I love that he was using the same theme for the the Holy Grail from Excalibur and and the Ring Cycle. That, that uh, you know that that's what that character wanted and and like all those little things were great. Those little those little nuances. That's where he's fantastic. But uh, a storyteller like a writer, he just he ain't he the, ain't the big picture for me. Yeah, I uh, like you were saying, you said that the characters are acting dumb, and I was saying that the characters were acting dumb or out of character so that they could service an action sequence. But you brought up Predator, and I think that where Predator succeeds is Predator was foolproof in that that original Predator, they are the best, they are the most talented, they are the toughest, they are the strongest – and the enemy is something that they still have to supersede. There was some, they still have to overcome this enemy that is impenetrable uh, or just 
leagues, both technologically and intelligence-wise, and naturally above them, physically above them. And here you have sort of an enemy that is already contained. It's already marginalized. It's, I guess, fairly manageable at this point. And you have characters who go into this situation, and the only reason you can have action sequences is if they stub their toe and trip. And we're like, wait a minute, but you're the best of the best. So you actually have to like curtail your characters as being impressive or likable or like relatable in order to have somebody be like, whoops, I slipped. And now their zombies are knowing where I'm at and they're coming for me. Or they, I woke them up. Uh, did I do that? It was kind of like Urkel going through like zombies. Like, did I do that? Oh, or, Oh, we only have 15 more minutes before the end of the world. I'm going to go to another building and try to find my friend who I asked not to come in here. But she went in anyway. She went in anyway. No. Put all these people's lives at risk so I can go try to save this idiot. Listen, I know I'm talking to all the Geekscapists who are listening to this right now, but I specifically want to talk to Matt Kelly. Matt Kelly, if we get in a situation where, let's say it's Comic-Con, and Comic-Con gets walled in, zombie virus, whatever, and we're like, oh, wait. I forgot something in Comic Con, but we know that to get in there is a bunch of zombies, and you're like, Jonathan, I just got to get back into zombie, back into Zombie Con, Comic Con, and I'll be like, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard, and you're like, I'm going in anyway. You're on your own. If I end up having to go in there to get fifty million dollars, I am not saving you, Matt Kelly. I am not saving you. You did that to yourself, and uh, and I also like that when the nuke was going to drop in like twenty minutes, they were nowhere close to getting the money out. They left plenty of that two hundred million in the safe, and that sequence still had like forty minutes on it. Like there was no, there was there was no sense of twenty minutes in that sequence. That there sequence is horse riding. Oh, baby! There's a lot of movie left when there's that nuke is dropping in twenty minutes. Well, okay, well the the movie says there's still an hour left, so I don't know what's gonna go on. And you know what, Matt Kelly is a man who loves what he loves, and he says. But that Trauma booth wasn't going to protect itself, Jonathan. And, uh, yeah, Matt, if you need something from the Trauma booth, but San Diego is crawling with zombies, you're just going to have to figure it out on your own. San Diego isn't crawling with zombies? (laughs) Um, I did have lots of cool zingers. I wish you Geekscapists had been there. It would have been a lot of fun. Uh, I definitely had a character jump up on a, uh, a poker table and say, let's rule it. Roulette's get out of here and stuff like that. Like there were a lot of stupid puns going on in the London household during Army of the Dead. But my favorite one really was that when it was clear that every character in this movie was going to meet a bad end uh, and that the idea of escaping Vegas was just not in the cards. It ultimately all came down to what happens if Vegas stays in Vegas. Well, <laughs> there was also a missed opportunity on the last shot. They, you know, the the one of the things I did like was the soundtrack. They have mm. all stylized versions of, uh, of of songs. Vegas show yeah. tunes, yeah. Why they didn't go to like a really morose acoustic 2018 version of uh, "Leaving Las Vegas" by Sheryl Crow, yeah. I don't know, but that yeah. would have been perfect yeah we got the viva las vegas we got um suspicious minds which is my favorite elvis song like we got some great stuff in the movie so i mean i think ultimately when you think about this army of the dead movie like you got to know what it is you can't get mad at the movie i don't hate the movie i i I celebrate the excessiveness of this movie i i think i'll watch sequences of it again um as as a as an 
the entire narrative, it is not, it, it, like you said, it just, the seams burst because there's too much in it that doesn't make sense. And, um, and I think I'll continue to enjoy this movie in pieces, but not in full. Like well, a that's the, that's the, exactly. That's the way you watch a zombie movie in pieces. And it's also worth it for the, the, the cat and, uh, Garrett Dillahunt, uh, now he's the he's the guy who was on like Six Feet Under and stuff like that. Like he's the the actor who played which one's Garrett Dillahunt? Garrett he played the, he, he played the 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 bad guy ish Paul yeah, Reiser character. He's on, he was on Fear the Walking Dead. He's great. Um, and he was also he, he it's so fun because he can play comedy and he can play drama. He was also you, you know like he he was like the muse on uh, Deadwood. He just kept that's it. His different characters and uh, he's fantastic. I, I I adore him as an actor. I love the cast. I um, it's a pretty good. Yeah, there was there, there's a, an actor on there who was from. Uh, he plays a scumbag here. He played a scumbag on Luke Cage. And you know what? You got the actress from Nacho Libre, mm. who played the nun in Nacho Libre, and she's in this with guns. And I was down with that. Um, but I got to tell you, my suspicions were pretty high when they said, "Hey, there's a clock ticking. You got to get into Vegas. Assemble a team to get into Vegas. Get the money and get out." And nobody pops open a cell phone and makes a phone call to put the team together. They then take like what seems like a week to put a team together to sneak yes. into Vegas and get out. Like that sequence of putting the team together was long. And I'm like, oh, I thought there was a ticking clock with this circumstance. I you thought had four was- days to do it. Take three and a half. Yeah, take three and a half to put a team together. And uh, wait a minute. That does. Wait a minute. They told me they have to get in and out quickly. And if, ever there was a new- movie, if ever there was a movie where you were going to have people wearing face masks, this was it. Like it's Or arm sleeves. Okay. Listen, this is how it's going to be. Matt Kelly, when we do this zombie San Diego Comic Con, I am going to be wearing. I don't care how hot it gets. I don't care about the con stink. I care about getting turned into a zombie. So zombie apocalypse. I don't want to see any more tank tops on action heroes in a zombie apocalypse. That's just dumb, 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 dumb. You're going to be wearing the leather biker stuff. You're going to be, you know, the leather that a zombie's rotted teeth can't bite through. You're going to have, you're going to look like a leather daddy going into the zombie pit and fighting zombies. You're going to look like a, like, like a Dom or a sub fighting zombies that's what I'm going to look like. You're Matt look- Kelly and I, yeah, Matt Kelly and I are going to walk into this zombie San Diego Comic Con looking like if we get out of there alive, we're about to get a harness and go to town all night. Because, I mean, he's going to be wearing leather head to toe. I'll be wearing head to toe. I'm going to look like a gimp. And right. we're just going to go. You're, you're cosplaying as Zed's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Necro Comic Con 2022. Which who knows? We're not. We're maybe, maybe the pandemic will mutate again and we end up with Necro Comic Con 2022. But Matt Kelly and I are going to be dressed like. Yep, we're gonna we're gonna be dressed like Rosie Perez and Dan Aykroyd in that weird Dominatrix movie they made in the mid '90s. Yeah, you wanted to forget about that one? No, it's in there, kids. You were in there. That's a real movie that happened. That or uh, Kathy Bates's uh, cameo, her her nude scene in 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 about Schmidt. I love it. Those are the two. Uh, okay, so this is what we're gonna do when we go when we go into Necrocomicon San Diego. Matt Kelly and I are gonna be head to toe in leather. We're gonna be dressed like a certain member of the village people exit to Eden style. That's the movie with Rosie with, uh, with, uh, with Rosie O'Donnell. Uh, we're going to go in there. We're going to look like leather daddies. We're going to start, we're going to use cell phones because there's sequences in this movie where they could have just been cell phoning each other or CBing each other being like, Hey, where are you at? I'm on the third floor. Oh, great. That would have saved a lot of problems. And 
So, Matt, we're going to have the CB radio or the walkie-talkies or the cell phones. We're going to be dressed like leather daddies. And then for the for friends, we're going to just put on the OnlyFans. We're going to stream our zombie invasion to get the money from the trauma booth, which probably doesn't make money on OnlyFans. So, Matt Kelly, plan for that for 2022. That already sounds better than the Geekscape booth at Comic-Con already. Maybe we just simulate that for the next comic-con you, you have experience think, with that stuff keith you you ran a comic book convention for several years a little bit i, d- I do think we need zach snyder's geekscape That's zach it. whenever you want to come on the show come on the show i think you and i could be good friends and uh we could do that um yeah no uh i mean keith you used to run some la comic-con we talked about it i don't know how much you want to talk about that stuff but i would rather talk about like what you're doing now like you're you're working in like the gaming space a little bit yeah, um, yeah, catching me off guard. I wasn't expecting to talk about this. Yeah, too the, bad. Uh, too bad, baby. I, I am uh, the chief product officer at a company called Hunt a Killer, which uh, if you if you Google it, you will never get rid of the ads. It's awesome. We will oh. find you everywhere. Uh, it, it's it's a murder mi- mystery subscription service. We send you every every month. We send you. Uh, part of an investigation in over six months, you get to uh, solve a, a murder. And then we have a bunch of standalones. We just did a Blair Witch thing. Wait, what? Jonathan, you haven't... You see, Jonathan hasn't called me. He's been so busy with... No, me. no, I didn't know... that. So, Fletcher and all this crazy stuff. He's so, so, about me. so listen, hold up. So you're telling me that if I sign... This is like what Sean Penn signed Michael Douglas up for in the game is basically yes. where you work for now. Yes. <laughs> that didn't end so well. Oh, but ours ends really well. Okay, um, there, there was that we've we've it's 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 a it's a thing. It's it's a pretty big thing. So I could order this for a friend. I could be like, hey, uh, I'm going to get Matt Kelly this six month experience where yeah. he is involved in a murder mystery as the detective, and it starts slowly and slowly becomes more and more involving, and it's real worldish stuff. Correct. And it's some online stuff. Is there any like actors involved in the real world or is it mainly online kind of details and cell phone usage? So, and- we, we think of ourselves as a, uh, as an immersive story company first. So okay. it is very, very authentic. And what you get in your box, you actually get the actual evidence. Um, we've, we've sent cat jaws and we've sent murder weapons and we've sent uh, all sorts of crazy stuff. The FBI is okay with that. And uh, not really, actually <laughs> We, when we started, um, our, our CEO tells this story a lot. When we started, a a someone got someone subscribed their grandmother <sighs> to it, and this box came. And in in that story, it was a serial killer that was like taunting you and sending, you, and you kind of had to figure out who the serial killer was. And she opened it up, and there's all this like bloody stuff and threatening letters. <laughs> Whoa! And the and the the uh, the FBI showed up at our CEO's front door. <laughs> saying, uh, why did you send this to this poor old lady? <laughs> <laughs> and, and that actually, that happens quite a bit. But we, we've, we've evolved quite a bit since okay. then. And we've had, uh, we're about to kick off our 10th original full-length season story in uh, next month. And uh, we have and- another eight standalones. And we did the Blair Witch. Uh, we've done two seasons of Blair Witch. If you like Blair Witch and you like horror, definitely sign up for Hunter Killer. That sounds like perfect for Derek Cranavelt, who's a big Blair Witch fan. But he also oh, gets, yeah. he's also a scaredy cat because he gets on the VR with the Resident Evil, like the one that just came out, and he gets on the VR and he can't. It's not like the that. game. No, so, it's, it's more but, of the mind. 
Right, but if I, if I was to sign this up for Matt Kelly, he would know that he's been given this gift, but it would be fun, it's immersive. He would know. He wouldn't just be like, why does this bloody stuff show up in my box? <laughs> no, we, would, we would want you to tell him, yes. Okay, so so Matt, I signed you up for this thing, and then before you know it, he's getting evidence, and he just has to kind of, amongst living his life and doing his thing, he's like keeping an eye out for more involvement in the game with yeah. the hope, is there like... You said that there's seasons involved, so you're you're having several people play this game concurrently with each other. Are there like a leaderboard element to it? Like who can solve the game first or anything? Are there prizes for competing the game? You don't go to jail? No, the the, the prize is the satisfaction of, of completing it. Um, uh-huh. So almost also, like, an, like an escape room almost. Yeah, it's like an escape room, but it's, uh, but it's also like uh, an original story that you get to take part in. And it's also a little bit like Loot Crate. So you, yeah. Like you get to keep all the cool stuff. Uh, you have a bloody knife. <laughs> well, we we have uh, teeth. We we've done. You get a bag of teeth in Blair Witch. It's really cool. Really cool. Well, right? Because that was that was uh, they found in the woods right. in that first right. one. Mm-hmm. We have we've done chunks of flesh. We've done all sorts of. Things. Yeah. Uh, uh, did, do you have any that are maybe like Pokemon themed or like Zelda? Because. I don't yeah. know if I want that stuff, man. I don't. I don't know if like five years later I'll be like, oh, that was such a fun memory when I got those teeth. But if I was like, if I got a Pikachu, I'd be like, oh, I like that. I like Pikachu. Yeah, we have who killed Evie? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Evie's final final evolution was death. <laughs> uh, no, the, the the first story you get if you sign up for like the mystery one, like when you signed Matt up, is um, it's set in a theater, an off Broadway theater that uh, there was a murder in the 1930s. And, okay. Uh, and the woman that owns the theater today, they're, they're trying to shut the theater down to convert it into condos. And she's trying to save the theater, and, and it's been in her family, and she has to figure – what happens is she finds this trunk in the balcony, and when she opens it up, there's a, there's a, a mummified corpse. Yeah. And that's the beginning of the narrative, right? But this that's isn't a real place. This is the beginning of the narrative, okay? Right. And so she's she's reached out to you to say, hey, can you help me figure out who this is? Because I'm worried my grandparents murdered this person. Oh, <laughs> can you help clear me for the sale of this apartment? Or, or the, the building? The, the, yeah, say, or save yeah. the theater. Oh. And then oh, it ties into, like, there was, a, there was a, a young actress named Viola Vane who died in the disappeared in the 30s. And this is After stuff that you're possibly... The, this is something you've possibly planted online that, you, that requires the research of the of the the player, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. Or, or maybe they have to like find newspaper clippings, and it's all part of the mystery well, yeah, boxes. Yeah, well, we we send you the we send you the clippings. There's some online stuff, but you really do get to get immersed in it. And the items that come feel authentic. You get a lot oh, of cool. from the 30s, and it feels and it smells like the 30s. Um, oh. not, not unpleasant, more like uh, old old grandma. Uh, uh. Uh, but it's but it's it's really immersive. It's really great. We've done all sorts of, of stories. We have a I have these little guys. We did a uh, let me see a, this. Um, this is from our our um, boy band. The boy, the the Justin <laughs> character gets murdered. Yeah. Maybe he was murdered by someone else in the band. Yeah. Keith Keith uh, uh, show, Keith had like these toys that he did. Uh, Geekscape listeners oh, right. on the podcast. He, he he held up these little action figures that he, that he sent out as part of this package. They look like uh, they they look like D and D play uh, uh, placeholders that you put on a board. And I think that's cool and. Is it expensive, Keith? This is so immersive and so extensive. It seems like it would be like hundreds and hundreds of bucks to play this game. Like, what's the story on this? If I wanted to get something like this for Matt Kelly, um, it turned well, into a whole promo thing. Like, you, you yeah, I don't, you know, but I love you, man. And that's, that's what I, you know, what uh, Andy Rattinger, my good buddy, he said this sounds awesome, and it does sound awesome. And if you, I think if you're if you're a fan of escape rooms 
or if you're a fan of like immersive stuff, like uh, we have friends who through the horror movie night podcast on this network, they, they do like uh, weekend camp out experiences where you go to summer camp and you do all the things that you do at a summer camp. But then at night, Jason Voorhees shows up and chases you. So that's kind of like LARPish type of stuff. And I think that these real world kind of games are fun and, and they bring people together. And as the, the pandemic hopefully subsides, I think people are looking to do that more. Um, how is it cost? So it's, it's about 30 bucks a month. If you go month to month, if you, oh, that's nothing. six months, it's 25 bucks a month and you get free shipping included. And, and you, we, we know most people do it in groups of three or four and it takes about two to three hours. So you make a night out of it with three or four of your friends. It's cheaper than going to the movies. It's cheaper than uh, most things. Oh, so this and isn't even something that you have to play by yourself. No, you can play with, so, with a group of people. Oh yeah. So, it's so, much more fun. Okay, let me break this out. So you twenty five dollars a month if you pay for six months. Carry the one, divide by seven, three, uh, multiply by X. Okay, so it's roughly two hundred dollars with the taxes and the shipping to do a six month experience. You're saying is every monthly installment three or four hours, or would you collect these over the case of the course of the six months? And that would be three to four hours. No, each, it, it depends on the case. Uh, and it also depends on how deep you want to dive. So like the first box that comes is kind of the intro to kind of teaches you okay. what the solve, the call to action, the CTA, as we say, is, um, is actually pretty easy because we want to teach you how to get involved. Okay. So read everything. If you really like indulge in the story and, and take time to read everything, it ends up being several hours. But you're going to end up reading that stuff anyway, because later stuff happens that makes you go back. And oh, yeah. Look for clues, connections. And yeah. So we, we have sometimes that it's, it is a good two to three hours for each box, depending on the complexity of the story. Um, and then sometimes, you know, some people get through it pretty, pretty easy. I gave, we also have uh, we also you can also get it at, at Target. What? Have, yes, we have we have a uh, box yes, sold out, dog. It, it is pretty sold out. <laughs> Uh, but it's, it's I was saying you, I was calling you a sellout, oh, but no, 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 we're not <laughs> no, no, you're, you're good. You're we good. Do sell out. We were, we were actually the number one new game throughout the holiday on, on amazon.com. That's fantastic. So I make jokes Amazon, about, get it. yeah, I make jokes okay. about selling out, but no, I, I endorse your capitalistic. I, I hate, I drive. hate selling out until I have the chance to do it myself. Hell yeah. It's, let's do it. But it's called death at the dive bar and it's, it's 30 bucks and it's about two to three hours worth of fun. But like my mom took like a day and a half on it. Because she just enjoyed the, the the story and the the density well, of it. You know, my mom's not so. No, okay, no, no. there's also that. <laughs> my mom is brilliant, but yeah, and, she enjoyed and she got into it and was thinking about it. And it's and it's go check it out. When you pitched me on this thing, when when I knew you were moving and you were taking this gig, Keith, you pitched me on this thing, and I thought that it was honestly something that you were doing on an individual basis. This, you know, and, and obviously during the pandemic, you probably were doing this on an individual basis, taking a box and solving it on your own, but. The fact that you can then take a box and maybe call your friends up and be like, "Hey, I got the box mm-hmm. for the month. Let's 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 meet up on Saturday night and try and solve this month's box." That sounds like a lot of fun to be able to do this in in installments with friends. It's like ha- having a monthly dinner party or having a monthly game night, you know? Yeah, it's it is an absolute ton of fun to do with a group of people. You can see them; they're they're right over my shoulder. Mm-hmm. That's very cool, dude. Um, that's that's we, exciting. That's and, and you, and you can get them at Target. Up. You can't get Pokemon can't get cards at Target. No, you, you can't. can't. Get, you can't get Pokemon cards on you Target. If you, if you, you can't Geekscape get magic us, cards, you can't. If you get, Geekscape uh, us, uh, listen to our Geekscape Games podcast, you'll know that Target stopped 
carrying any Pokemon or collectible card gaming uh, related items because of just the demand and how crazy people were getting with showing up when the shipping got there and fighting each other in the parking lot. And it was crazy. Yeah, it's that is uh, I, I. I, I, what drives me nuts about this kind of thing, let's, I'm turning into an old cranky man, <laughs> is the impact is the next set that comes out is going to get so overproduced, it's going to be worthless and it'll blow a hole in the secondary market. You're talking about the Pokemon sets, right? We could talk about Pokemon. We can also talk a little bit about magic because the same thing's happening right now with Strixhaven and with Modern Horizons coming out. Hmm. They, the, it's this artificial scarcity that drives this crazy demand and it's just, and they're going to look. What's going to happen? Are the bean counters are going to look at the at the the numbers? They're going to look at the forecasts. They're going to look at annual years and see how it goes up. They're going to increase their print run by that much. And then, if, for those old school Magic players, it's going to be Fallen Empires all over again for Pokemon, which just destroys the secondary market for a long time. It takes a lot to sort of recover and find those cards that will drive the secondary market again. And and I, I hate that this happened. That people can't get it and that it's too scarce. It's almost the same thing with 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 uh, PlayStation Five. It's like cool. it's so scarce. People are pulling, willing to pay so much, but the downstream effect of it is that there just aren't enough games being made for PS Five now because not enough people have them. Well, the PS Five and the yes, that, that is a downstream effect on the PS Five and the PS Fours. But the cause of the PS Five and PS Fours, or I'm sorry, the 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 PS Fives and the Xbox the series is that. It's the technological silicon chip, et cetera, shortage because of, you know, the, the oh, Bitcoin mining and all this stuff. Yeah, I, I heard that it was because of a, a shortage of being able to make those graphic cards, et cetera, that provide the PS5 and the, the Xbox series with being able to be manufactured. But I think the result is the same. There will be less games for people who have them because you can't make your money back on the software licensing to as you make it right because i think everybody i think when the first couple of years of a of a software launch or a, of a hardware launch you lose the money on the hardware until you can reclaim it on the software licensing um so which is why something like the dreamcast fails because there wasn't enough software made to license it because the install base was small etc cetera, etc cetera. but yeah if the install base is small based on the technological like right now there's not enough graphics cards or whatever it is for the ps5s and stuff then it's it's gonna die. Um, but I, I, I would agree, I would, ex- except yeah. for that, a you know, at least twenty twenty five percent of all the ones that are made, and I'm probably shooting low, mm-hmm. are sitting in you know somebody's basement waiting to be sold. Yeah, that's gross. Profit, and that's like, and that's the same thing that's happening with the Pokemon stuff too, because these aren't collectors that are doing that. These aren't these are these are people that are fishing for. Uh, you know, Easy they're, money. They're, they're looking for the lottery ticket. They're looking for a, a Black Lotus. It's, 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 it's not going to happen. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to print a Black Lotus anymore. That was because of a, a, a design print shortage on that specific card, was it not? Those well, cards well, were just I, printed a smaller amount. Well, that well, I, I mean, if I use the, I, I didn't mean literally a Black Lotus. And that's I know, but that's a Magic: A Gathering card. That's like the most valuable thing of all time in Magic: The right. Gathering, correct? Yeah. It was, that, it was retired after the initial print runs, um, and they've never reprinted it, at least in any meaningful fashion. Um, I just want to report, size versions. I, I am not Carlos Lopez from the Geekscape Games podcast, who literally bought a box and then uh, sold a pack for $20 to a little kid in a parking lot after he raced the kid to the... Oh, to the I mean, no. this is a grown man who raced a kid to the... 
to, to buy a Pokemon box at like a Dwayne Reed and then waited for the kid in the parking lot so he could resell what he just bought for 10 for no. 20 I got these fair and square from a box of Cocoa Puffs. That's why there's only three of them. Uh, so maybe you can go to, to your grocery store and rip open boxes of Cocoa well, what Puffs. What are they? You keep showing the back. What, what oh, they're, 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 tra- they're trash oh. cards. I got a Wooloo. These are Pokemon cards that I got out of a pack and uh i could have sold them for 50 bucks before i bought it before i opened them now they're worthless but uh, i got these out of Co- out of coco puffs they had a three card pokemon deck i got a wooloo he stinks i got a sinisty which is like a tea a, literally a cup of tea it's that stinks and then i got uh this basic pikachu with a tail whip and a pika bolt and i don't play pokemon but um, tell your friends to subscribe to the Geekscape podcast. Maybe they do, and maybe I'll mail them some of these cards. Uh, Geekscape is who've ordered, ordered Geekscape merch, like um, T-shirts and stuff like that. You know that I th- like to throw in like comic books and stickers and buttons and all this stuff into my, the Geekscape merch, and I mail it out. These Pokemon cards are perfect for going into uh, future merch mailouts. Uh, what's cool is that we got like here the prophecy stickers made and stuff like that. So. Uh, I'll start making some more merch. I got some shirt designs that I like to get out there. Um, Keith, uh, as we were talking about all the cool immersive games that, that went on, uh, Matt Kelly tipped me off to the name of that one that's, I think, in the, the tri-state Pennsylvania area. Uh, and they do, like, the Friday 13th immersive events mm-hmm. where you show up and you get to, like, have s'mores and cook out and do camp games. And then at night, Jason Voorhees shows up. Those are the folks at Dark Hills events. And they are awesome. They're really cool folks. And uh, yeah. they just like designing games. We had them on our Christmas special, do a Christmas RPG with us. And that was a lot of fun. Uh, and I think we're going to do another live stream soon. Um, Geekscape is, Geekscape is going to be like um, 600th episode is coming up. And then we also have our blood drive for Chris Ellis, who our Geekscape is who passed away. And so we're, we're trying a couple things that are going to be end up being marathon live streams. So be ready for that. Um, all right. So one thing I wanted to talk about before we wrap was we, uh, I think we split opinion on this brand new Hulu Modoc show, which I started watching uh, when it became uh, available on Hulu the last couple days. And uh, this is the Patton Oswalt voiced robot chicken-esque stop motion animation Modoc show. And I thought it was, from the start, I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was funny. But I also wasn't a fan of Robot Chicken, so I hadn't completely been immersed in that stuff. Uh, but I think some friends who had then seen it were less than enthused by it. Um, I thought Modoc was hilarious. And I think that part of the hilarity for me was just how badly the deep cuts go into some of the insanity of the Marvel Universe. So this isn't really an MCU show. This is a show that was actually developed under Jeff Loeb while he was still at at uh, Marvel TV uh, before the before really before the Fox merger. Back when Jeff Loeb was developing the shows for ABC, like Shield, Cloak and Dagger, Runaway, stuff like that. This was part of that deal, and it's somehow survived all those other shows going away and becoming MCU shows on Disney Plus. This is not Disney Plus. This is on Hulu, and man, they curse. There's like blurred out privates in this thing it is like this is a seriously like r-rated show in a lot of ways and it's modok who's one of the most ridiculous characters in the disney in the uh marvel universe but i like that it you know they're they have episodes where like armadillos in it or arcade or mr sinister shows up in an episode or wonder man like they're going into some deep cut territory that i don't think we'll ever see those characters necessarily in the mcu proper but 
they're having fun with them here. That stuff was big for me. I thought it was really funny. Um, it did not work for you on the same levels. Well, in all fairness, I've only seen the pilot. Okay. Um, so I am going to watch others because in that hope that, you know, the pilots are so difficult and the second episode is also so difficult. And it really takes like, you really kind of got to give shows at least the first three to, to really, mm-hmm. it's going to go. I just felt that, uh, it was really lacking in any kind of pathos from Modoc. <laughs> yeah. He's a piece of, he's horrible. <laughs> right. There's no, there's some, like maybe he loves a puppy or something. I don't know. Um, I love Patton Oswalt. I think the show is beautiful. Like the stop motion is absolutely gorgeous. The style, the production design, fantastic. Um, it does have some funny moments. Um, and, and I could listen to Patton Oswalt scream the uh, phone book and, uh, and I, I'd be happy, but uh, I want I, I the jury's still out for me. I want to mm-hmm. see where it goes. Uh, my f- bad news is my 14 year old watched it and went, I don't want to watch it anymore. And we turned on Starship Troopers. Starship, tight, Starship Troopers is tight though, so I'm down with that. He, he didn't make he he didn't make a wrong choice. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Starship Troopers is another one where they go into combat without arm sleeves. Uh, yeah, listen, it's all about you listen, you got to dress up like a leather daddy and go into combat against aliens and zombies. Don't you know how to do these things? Um What is I like the Modoc and Heidi with the leather daddy. I'm beginning no, to <laughs> Heidi's fine. <laughs> Heidi's wonderful. It's it's really just me and Matt Kelly. Please don't pry. This is how Geekscape Geekscape's run this way for 15 years. Don't look behind these the, the, don't look behind the curtain. Smoke and mirrors. Everything works the way it's supposed to. And we, and boy, do we work it. Uh, so, so what I would say is you said watch three episodes. I want you to watch the fourth episode because okay. that's where you get you get to the bar with no name, which is where all the lame uh, Marvel superheroes hang out. And I don't want to spoil too many of the superheroes that show up. But uh, oh, these are villains. These are supervillains. But I thought it was hilarious. And um, I, I thought it was fun. And... If the criticism is that he is too unlikable, he is a a supervillain. He is a murderous uh, giant head. So, yeah. But I will also say that having watched all 10 episodes of the series, there is definitely an arc. These are not one-off episodes. They're kind of one-off in the sense of the big episode storyline for that one specific episode. But there's a storyline that goes through all of them. There's this overarching thing. And I would say that by the end of it, um, there's a little bit of a, of a road towards a redemption story for Modoc. Um, the Avengers are still there, he, you know, so they will always stop him. And you know, maybe he's misunderstood, maybe he's murderous. I don't know, but um, a lot of the jokes did hit for me, and I thought it was fun. Uh, and some of it was laugh out loud for me, which is hard for me to do uh, intentionally. When you're watching something unintentionally, I usually laugh at it out loud a lot, but. I would say check out Modoc at least the first four episodes. I know that's a lot to ask. I, I I promise you, I will. Four episodes. Give it four episodes, and if if all you get is some amusement, I think that's better than a lot of TV. But you know what? I say that, but there's actually a lot of great TV going on right there is. now. There Anything is. else you're watching, Keith? Times. Um, I you know I'm excited for Survivor to be coming back. Oh, you're into that? Oh, I love Survivor so much. I'm so happy that they they're back in production. Um. You know, I, I'm trying to get caught up on older things that that I've missed. Uh, with the kids, it's been Bad Batch, which we're thoroughly enjoying. Uh, I heard it's great. I heard it's really awesome. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, and and um, 
Uh, I'm excited about this Dwayne Wade show, uh, The Cube. Dwayne Wade is our mutual connection now. Is uh, you're my, a Miami, your owner. Yeah, you're a Miami, you're a big Miami Heat fan, and I'm a big Utah Jazz fan, and he's now a partial yeah. owner of the Utah Jazz. So there you we go. Have, we have the our love of Dwayne Wade in uh, in common, and I, you know what? I loved Dwayne Wade before he had anything to do with my favorite sports franchise, but now he's got something to do with my favorite sports franchise, yeah. and. Um, and just a, a quick shout out. I was on my friend Chris Mancini's podcast this week, Geekscapist. And if you have time to listen to another podcast this week, uh, go check out Chris's. Um, let me just pull it up right here. The name of it. Uh, when you have Cooper Barnes share something for you on Twitter, uh, it's just gonna it's gonna bury all of your other tweets mentions. But I found it. Uh, Chris Mancini has a show called um, uh, What Are You Watching? And if you can find what are you watching on Spotify, I was a guest this week and we talk about everything that we're watching and ultimately I'll spoil the beginning of it. Even though we do get into like the nerd stuff like the MCU, I do tell them I'm watching a ton of basketball because it's just been fantastic this season. It has been Although tonight, not so much for my heat, but no comment. Uh, no comment. The, the, I, and I finally started watching Shit's Creek. Like I'm so, oh, late so it's late fantastic. Shit's Creek, really Ted Lasso. We've talked about that on this show. Yeah. It's fantastic. I've got a, a lot to catch up on. I really do. Yeah. It's, we, were, we were super slammed at work, so I, I couldn't, I, I lost track. And also, in all fairness, I was really trying to find my way into uh, cyberpunk and making that work for me. Oh, it didn't end up working? Uh, I just feel like it's, like it's the same thing over and over again. I can't finish it. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry, it's, man. Beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's that was the comment was that cyberpunk is beautiful, but the bugs and the the design of it just aren't enough to get you to the finish line of that game. Yeah, um, so I'm, I'm waiting for the next great game. That's 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 what I, I just want an amazing RPG video game. Yeah, I mean, um, oh, you know I'm, what? Else is, I've been doing yeah, Fallout, Fallout seventy six. Fallout seventy six. Did it get a reskin? Is, is a good game now. Oh, because they've been updating it and cleaning it up. Been updating it, and it is spot on. Oh, I know that. Haven't tried it. Try it. I know that Derek over at Geekscape Games has been doing working his way through Mass Effect because he actually because of Xbox Game Pass he actually got access to Andromeda right. first, and he loved Andromeda. But then they dropped this special edition of Mass Effect. And he was like, okay, let's see what everybody's talking about because they hated Andromeda in comparison to that. Let's see if these are really all that much better. And so he started playing through that special edition that came out and he was super into that. Um, Christopher Robinson says that Biomutant comes out tomorrow. I don't know what that is, but I think uh, Heidi and I are flying back to South Carolina for another film festival. The film is in next weekend and I'm going to pick up Metopia because that's the simpleton I am. And I just want to run around with my friends as giant-headed me's and do really simple RPG. The game really, really, really is not good. I just think it's funny. So I will fill a plane flight with that because I'm a simpleton. And I mean, when do we, get, when do, when do we get Chasing Fletcher Cox the video game? <laughs> Chasing Fletcher Allen is doing another. Fletcher uh, Allen. Yeah, Sorry. no, it's fine. Fletcher Cox is well, hiding Cox for the stars of Chasing Fletcher Allen. Uh, we're playing another festival. There, we're we're I'm kind of you know we're kind of looking at like cleaning up a sound and getting it to where we can get it to some people. Uh, there's a there's crazy stuff that's happening over here on Geekscape on the filmmaking stuff, but I uh, there's another short coming out 
in this year from Jonathan London and Geekscape uh, that nobody knows about that actually predated Geekscape. Um, and it was really a film that sat on a hard drive for 15 years. And I hired an editor to rough cut it for me. And wow. it's something that is pretty cool to release. And I have some cool film stuff moving forward that I don't think I can talk about for months from now. But uh, I think when you when you hear about it, you're going to be like, oh, holy shit. And I'm going to be like, well, cool. I'll try not to screw it up. Uh, but, you know, uh, Geekscape, we want to hear what you're about, too. So we had the Facebook, we had the Twitter, we have the Instagram. You can find all this stuff that we're talking about on all of those. And, of course, we love hearing from you and what you're playing. Chris Robinson is explaining Biomutant to us right now. He says it's a super cute, cute cyborg raccoon RPG thing that has me interested. And then Matt is over there saying this weekend, I decided to start South park from season one again, which has been wild. How different the show once was. And yeah, I, I love it. Um, I would love to watch South park from the beginning, but uh, I'm watching stuff like Modoc. And I think that I'm going to move on to a few other programs. Um, we tried dark materials on Apple on HBO plus or HBO max. Oh, you know what I, I started, I also started don't know if that was working. Shadow and Bone. Oh, we've been talking about that a little bit. Yeah, I heard it's great. It was it was very compelling. I'm, yeah. I'm past the pilot. I'll I'll keep I'm going to keep watching. Okay, cuz that was one that that was one that on the last episode of Geekscape as we were talking about Jupiter's legacy and talking about how great Invincible was. And now we've got Sweet Tooth coming up and the next season of the MCU chapter of Loki. <laughs> we got so much content coming, but Shadow and Bones definitely one that enough people told me it was great that I said, okay, let me let me circle it. Obviously, Geekscape is if like Geekscape is not scratching your itch for TV talk, uh, we have a show for that. It's called Binge Town TV, and they are currently covering Shadow and Bone right now. Uh, Andy Rattinger says, please watch for all mankind. Yeah, Heidi watched both seasons. Heidi watched for both seasons, and anytime she would watch it, I have to rush through the living room to not have it spoiled because it's definitely something I want to watch. Because I heard it's great, I heard it's great. But again, um, things have been going on here at Geekscape Studios <laughs> that when we talk about, you guys are gonna be like, "Wow, that's cool." Maybe the Geekscape name will be on it. I hope. But does it involve you wearing a red speedo? Only a red. Uh, I think some of it. I think some of it can. That's definitely like in the mix. Um, but uh, there's one or two other projects that I don't know. I'm always amazing. trying to. I'm trying to. I'm always trying to involve my good friend Super Action Man in, in some stuff. What's always. amazing that I, I don't think people realize is that uh, as much as Jonathan likes to put on the red speedo in front of the camera, that's not me. He, that's my friend. He directs almost exclusively, only yeah. in the red speedo. That's sometimes. I have Sam yell action for me because he is a man who knows action better than I do. So I feel I find it appropriate. And he, and he also gets what he wants. That's there's something very USA about that. Um, Geekscapist, you know where to find us social media. Keith, where can we find you? Tell us a little bit about where we can find you and maybe order some of these games for our friends. Uh, if you're interested in Hunt a Killer, go to huntakiller.com. It is spelled exactly like it sounds. You can also check it out on Facebook. There's a Facebook group you have to join. And don't be afraid of the quiz. You actually do have to take a test. It's a very simple test in order <laughs> to qualify to be a detective at huntakiller.com. Uh, and then you can find me on uh, on the Twitters. That's the best place to 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 find me these days. Keith Trailins. And Geekscape is, you can always find Geekscape and myself, Jonathan. And if there's anything you want to see it 
on Geekscape and you just want to send me an email, it's Jonathan at Geekscape.net. If you want to advertise on any of the Geekscape shows or across the Geekscape network, uh, Matt and I are handling the advertising now. So you can hit us up at Jonathan at Geekscape.net or Matt at Geekscape.net. We'll handle that for you. Uh, There's just so much going on here, but you know how to dive in, whether it's this show or any of the shows on the network or any of the things we do. Uh, we just love having you. So uh, thank you for joining us and we'll see you next week. Geekscape forever. Bye everybody. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.